We're reading from Ephesians chapter 6. And we're reading verses 10 to 20. Finally, build up your strength in union with the Lord and by means of his mighty power. Put on all the armor that God gives you so that you will be able to stand up against the devil's evil tricks. For we are not fighting against human beings, but against the wicked spiritual forces in the heavenly world. The rulers, the authorities, and the cosmic powers of the dark age. So put on God's armour now, and then, when the evil day comes, you will be able to resist the enemy's attacks. And after fighting to the end, you will still hold your ground. So stand ready, with truth as a belt of righteousness around your waist, I'll read that again. Stand ready with truth as a belt tight around your waist and righteousness as your breastplate. And as your shoes, the readiness to announce the good news of peace. And at all times carry faith as a shield. For with it, you will be able to put out all the burning arrows shot by the evil one. And accept salvation as a helmet and the word of God as the sword that the Spirit gives you. Do all this in prayer, asking for God's help. Pray on every occasion as the Spirit leads. And for this reason, keep alert and never give up. Pray always. For God's people. And pray also for me. That God will give me a message. When I am ready to speak. So that I may speak boldly. And make known the gospel's secret. For the sake of this gospel. I am an ambassador. Though now I am in prison. Pray that I may be bold in speaking about the gospel, as I should. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the strength in which we find in your word, for the comfort, for the fact that we can learn about you and about your Father and about the Holy Spirit. And we pray that as we look at your word this morning, that you might not only speak into our hearts, but you might strengthen us in our resolution to stand firm in the faith of Jesus Christ. In his name and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Okay, so by now you know that we're in this uh, season of uh, prayer, and we've been looking at the prayer course over the last uh, few weeks all around uh, the Lord's Prayer. And I think most people have found it a very helpful course in uh, informing and encouraging us in prayer. We started off by looking at the Lord's Prayer in Luke's Gospel. And we found out that Jesus had a routine 
a place of prayer in his life that the disciples requested him to teach them to pray. And that was about the perfecting of prayer. And uh, Jesus' response was that he gave them this pattern of prayer, which of course was the Lord's Prayer. And then looking at the Lord's Prayer, we saw it was about praying for God's kingdom and that was living under God's reign. We saw it was about praying for God's will to be done and that was about living under God's rule and asking that it was on earth as in heaven and that was about living under God's realm. And then we looked at the problem of unanswered prayer and we recognised that people struggle with this and we talked about the honesty of unanswered prayer that people uh, ask and, and don't always receive. We looked at the history of unanswered prayer and we found that there were all sorts of unanswered prayers even within the Bible itself. And we came to the conclusion about the mystery of unanswered prayer that it is a mystery how some prayers seem to be answered and other prayers uh, don't always seem to be answered. And then we looked at listening to the God who speaks. This was last week and this was all about the voice hearing God in a noisy world. And we learned that the sheep listened to his voice. It was about being receptive to the voice, that the sheep recognize the voice, and that the sheep respond to the voice. And uh, this week we are continuing in this uh, series, Teach Us to Pray. This is uh, the final one in this uh, in this uh, series, in the prayer course. And uh, we're thinking about spiritual warfare spiritual warfare. We're thinking uh, about the dark side of uh, of life. And uh, if, you, if you've done the, the, the prayer course video this week, you'll have noted that, that uh, they said as soon as we begin a conversation about Satan and evil, a lot of people, you know, immediately feel on edge. So I don't know if you feel a little bit on edge this morning. Um, but if so, that's uh, that's quite okay. They said that's what is expected. It also says that of all the prayer course sessions, this is potentially the most controversial. I don't know whether you had controversy in your uh, groups this week. But it's also vitally important. Some group members may be sceptical about the very notion of Satan and demons, while others will know such realities in their own experience. So, C.S. Lewis says this about... Uh, thinking about evil. He says, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors and hail a materialistic or magician with the same delight. Uh, Again, just saying that we need to be balanced in this, that we don't need to be uh, over-interested, and people do get over-interested in this subject. It's a, it, it's a subject that kind of can draw people in. It's a little bit like, you know, people are drawn towards evil, aren't they? It's like the, the fighting in the playground. Why does a crowd gather to see one kid pulp another kid? Why, 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 do, why do people on, on death row for all sorts of horrible crimes get fan mail and even requests of marriage? Uh, people are intrigued by evil and can be drawn into it. And we need to be as aware as that has been uh, just thinking it doesn't exist. That's what C.S. Lewis is saying in this. So the first thing is to sit up. Sit up to the reality of spiritual warfare. Sit up to the reality of spiritual warfare. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world. Um, we do live in a dark world, don't we? Uh, we do live in a, in a world where uh, we don't have to look very far 
to see that evil is alive, and I hesitate to say well, but is alive and, and about. Uh, you know, um, they say, don't they, that power corrupts. And in all our organizations in this world, there is this evil corruption that seems to, seems to find its way, whether it be in, in our own houses of parliament, whether it be, uh, uh, MPs, uh, in their expenses or, or worse things, whether it be, uh, our police force, uh, whether it be even in football, you find corruption at the top of the game. In Hollywood recently, uh, there's been all this uh, uh, reports of sexual harassment, again, a, an abuse of power. Uh, and of course, uh, people use this term modern slavery about sexual exploitation, about labor exploitation, about domestic and criminal exploitation. And uh, on the world scene, we see some horrendous things done by uh, nations by powers uh, around the world. And of course, even charitable organizations are not uh, without their faults. And of course, the church itself um, is not um, innocent in this abuse of power, the evil that uh, invades all our societies. And in all these situations, it's always the poorest in our society that suffer. Uh, when evil... Uh, rules. It's always the poorest and, and, and the most neglected parts of our society that suffer, while those in power uh, take advantage. And so, we need to sit up to the reality of spiritual warfare. Uh, as, a, as a minister of the gospel, I'm very much aware uh, on the front line that uh, sometimes you do feel almost an oppression. And uh, that's why it's always good to pray for those in, in ministry. And uh, I have valued your prayers. And it's great on a Sunday morning that people gather before the service to pray, especially for the service and especially for me. And I really appreciate that. And I've noticed a difference uh, since that started to to happen. Um, It's interesting, isn't it? You know, we're talking about spiritual warfare. And uh, we had a a group here on Wednesday. Make of this as as you will. And and Glenn, our friend from Edside, joined us. And uh, we'd been discussing uh, b- before the group and over coffee, we'd been talking about this. Uh, Glenn went from here uh, back to his church and he called in at a shop and he was he was verbally abused in a shop. He said he was absolutely shocked somebody verbally abused him in the shop. And you think, mm, that's interesting. And then the next day we were going to a minister's meal. And uh, I said, let's go for a coffee on the way. And we called him for a coffee. On, on the way out, a, a police car stopped us. And uh, found, said that Glenn's brake lights weren't working and we couldn't go any further until we'd got them fixed. And, uh, you know, is this spiritual abuse? Maybe not, I don't know. But uh, uh, spiritual warfare, rather, I don't know, really. Uh, certainly, we know that uh, who's in charge of the weather. We heard in the, in the, in the Psalms at the, at the beginning that, uh, that God is in charge of this world. I wouldn't want to suggest that... Uh, that uh, the devil has charge over the over the weather. That's in God's realm. But there's a, a reality of spiritual warfare. And and uh, in Ephesians, Paul says we need to stay alert and be persistent in our prayers. We need to stay alert and be persistent in our prayers. And it also talks about, of course, uh, not only authorities and powers of this dark world, but again, spiritual forces in of evil in the heavenly realms. And uh, 
I don't know if you know, but recently there's been quite a lot in, in the Christian press about the, there's a, 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 the, an increase in the demand for exisms, uh, not just in, in the Catholic Church, but also in the Church of England. And even at our Baptist Ministers Conference last week, uh, we had somebody give a presentation uh, about a, a, a Baptist group that are, that are uh, being trained up in the, in the art of uh, spiritual warfare and exisms. And, and this is becoming uh, a much more... Uh, request a much more demand for this kind of thing throughout the church. And of course Jesus in, in the Lord's Prayer says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's part of the Lord's Prayer, asking that God delivers us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And of course, Matthew tells us about the occasion when Jesus was taken into uh, the desert and tempted. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And uh, maybe that's why in the Lord's Prayer he, he encourages the disciples to pray, deliver us from evil. Nigel Wright in his, his book, The Theology of the Dark Side, says it is impossible to understand the New Testament correctly without seeing that the drama it records is a conflict between two kingdoms, that of God and that of the devil. The reason the Son of Man appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. We've already sung about that this morning. To remove this element of conflict from the Gospels would lead to a major misunderstanding of the mission of Jesus. So the very mission of Jesus can be summed up with this idea that he came to destroy the works of the devil. So we need to sit up to the reality of spiritual warfare. In our, in our modern age, it would be very easy to say, well, this is just, uh, this is just something from a bygone era uh, that we no longer uh, need to think about or, or, or think about. I guess many of us, when we, when we put our hands together to pray, we don't think that we're entering into a, a spiritual war, that we don't think we're entering into battle. And in, in many senses, it is an invisible war. Uh, we can't see what is going on in the spiritual realms. And again, Nigel Wright says, when we pray, something happens in the invisible realm that undergirds and affects the visible realm. When Christians pray, they engage in the divine human interaction and are involved with God on behalf of the human family in the coming of God's kingdom. The reason we pray, your kingdom come, is because God's kingdom hasn't come yet fully. It breaks in here and there, and it breaks into our dark world, and that's why we should always be praying in every situation, your kingdom come. We pray God's kingdom in and God's will to be done. So we need to sit up to the reality of spiritual warfare. We need to take it seriously, but not over seriously. And then secondly, we need to suit up. And this is about the resources of spiritual warfare. We need to suit up. We all need to dress appropriately. Um, you know I always dress appropriately in every occasion. And sometimes I, I do suit up. But what Paul is, has in mind here is, of course, is the armour of God. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that the, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And, having, and after you have done everything to stand. Putting on the full armour of God is what Paul talks about. This is our, our spiritual resources that we need for spiritual warfare. And... He talks about uh, the belt, the belt of truth. And of course, the Christian message, the gospel, is the truth. And the devil is described as the father of all lies. We have the truth. 
and we can be confident that we have the truth. So we carry the truth with us and we take that into battle. That whatever anybody else says about God, about Jesus Christ, that we know the truth. That he has already won the battle on the cross. The battle's already been won and we have that truth. And he says to put on the breastplate of righteousness. We as, as Christians, we're in a right relationship with God. And sometimes the enemy will try and trick us into thinking that we're not in a good relationship with God. We are in the family of God and we are in a right relationship with God. And we carry that with us, that we're part of God's family. And that's part of the armour that we carry. The, the feet fitted in readiness, it comes from the gospel of, of peace. Uh, we have this gospel of peace and it is a gospel of peace. It isn't a gospel of war. Jesus was very clear on his teaching when it came to uh, dealing uh, with our enemies. He said that we are to love our enemies and not hate them. We're to pray for them. Uh, the Christian battle and fight is very different than the battle and fights that we see in the world. We carry with us the gospel of peace and it brings peace. We are peace bringers. We pray for God's peace to come into situations where there is hostility. It's part of the armour of God. We are uh, to armour ourselves with the whole armour of God. In addition to all, let's take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows. Um, We have faith in Jesus Christ as Lord. When we say that Jesus is Lord, we are saying that he's Lord of our lives, that he's Lord of every situation, that there, there is power in the name of Jesus. And we, we take up this shield of faith. Um, the helmet of salvation. We can absolutely be assured of our salvation. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. When we accept Jesus into our lives. We have that assurance. And again one of the, the tricks of the enemy. Is uh, so many Christians worry. Um, you know am I really good enough? Uh, will God really accept me? Uh, I've, I've had conversations with people that have been Christians for much longer than I that seem to have these lingering doubts. You know, will God really accept me? We wear the helmet of salvation because we can be absolutely assured that Jesus said, whoever believes in me will receive eternal life. That's the truth that we carry with us, the helmet of salvation. And then, of course, we have the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And you remember when Jesus was in uh, this the wilderness and was being tempted by Satan, what did he use? The sword. Not as a, a weapon to attack. Remember when, when Peter got the sword out in, in the garden, he told Peter to put the sword away. Um, you know, remember he, he said, if I wanted to, I, I, I could call legions of, of angels down, but he didn't. Um, the sword Jesus used as, as a defensive weapon. He quoted the word of God when Satan confronted him. And that's why it's important that we, we spend time in the word and that we know the word of God. That we can use it. That we can quote it not only to other people but to ourselves. Uh, when we're facing difficulties we can remind ourselves of scriptures. And that's why it's good to carry scripture around with us in our minds, in our Bibles, on our phones, on tablets or whatever, on little bits of paper. We need to be using the word of God. So we need to, to suit up and use the resources of spiritual warfare. 
When we speak of warfare, we need to, this is Nigel right again, we need to radically revise the content and meaning of our speech. Spiritual warfare has its analogies to an actual battle, but it's essentially and profoundly different. The language of war is so blunt that they could lose their feelings for the finer qualities of justice, truth, mercy and gentleness and fail to see that the Christian warfare is waged precisely through these qualities. It's through justice, through truth, through mercy, through gentleness that we battle. So, suit up the resources of spiritual warfare. Do you get up each morning and, and as you and as you get dressed, do you remind yourself that you're not only physically getting dressed, but spiritually you need to put on uh, the armour of God to face whatever you have to face in the coming week. And then finally, we've we've talked about sitting up and 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 being suited up. Finally, we have to stand up. The result of spiritual warfare is that we stand firm. That we stand firm. Do you notice the emphasis on standing? Uh, put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand uh, against the devil's scheme. Um, therefore, put on the full armour of God that you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand after everything's been done, that you're still standing. Um, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Uh, we say at the end of the day, with Elton John, I'm still standing. Uh, you know, we don't go into battle looking for a fight. We don't. Do you, do you remember in, in, in the 80s, we, we sang one of the songs, didn't we, from Gray and Kendrick, when they had this march for Jesus and people were going around claiming ground and claiming this and claiming that. I'm not sure that that's exactly what they, we're supposed to be doing. Paul seems to be saying that these these weapons that we have are to defend ourselves. Um, that we don't go looking for a fight with evil. We don't go. Um, we, we, we don't go. You know, there, there, there are occasions when it's appropriate, maybe, to to, to pray against things and to pray uh, things out of people. But actually, we're about praying things into people. We're about praying the Holy Spirit into people. We're about praying God's kingdom to come in in a situation. That's what we're about. It's, it's a positive message that we have to take with us. And uh, the result is that we stand firm in our faith, that we're not knocked down. That when we come under attack, that we can withstand, not because of anything within ourselves, but because of the fact that God is within us. And that we put our trust and our faith in him. We stand firm. Stand up, the result of spiritual warfare. Nigel right again, by the power of gracious and forgiving love, he disarmed the powers and principalities. He overcame evil by good. Jesus shows how spiritual warfare is engaged in. Not by hostility, aggression and the use of power, but by the power of love. Again, just a reminder, you know, Jesus told his disciples to put away the weapons. He came and he lived and he suffered and he died. And it looked like he was being defeated. When he took on evil and death and suffering, it didn't look how people imagined it to be. People imagined the Messiah to be like one of the great kings of the Old Testament, like, like David. They wanted, they wanted the Messiah to come and, and, and to raise an army. But what did Jesus do? Well, we'll be thinking next week, won't we, on Palm Sunday? He doesn't walk, he doesn't, he doesn't come into Jerusalem on a, on a, on a white war horse. He comes into Jerusalem on a donkey, a, a sign of humility rather than a sign of aggression. 
And this is how we are to engage in spiritual warfare. Our confidence is in the Lord because the battle belongs to him. It doesn't belong to him, to us. The battle belongs to him. And the battle has already been won on the cross. Sin and death and evil were defeated. We live in between the battle being won and the final consummation when Christ's return. But we have the victory. We can be confident. Uh, that doesn't mean to mean that, like I say, like, like with C.S. Lewis's uh, quote, we don't need to be so confident that we think that uh, the evil has no influence on this world. We've already shown that evil has a huge influence on this world and on people and on situations. And we need to, to pray for God's kingdom to come in those situations and for God's peace to come in those situations. And we're the people that can do this because we have the spiritual armour. So pray in the spirit. When? On all occasions. Uh, with all kinds of prayers and requests. And we are to keep on praying. And this is what this course has been about. This is what the prayer course has been about. It's about uh, been teaching us how to pray. And even as a, a Christian of 30 years, I found this course really helpful uh, in my own personal prayer life. And I hope that, that you have too. Because um, we need to pray more. We need to be a church that is constantly praying in every situation. And of course, praying especially for uh, Christian leaders and those who are most likely to come under attack. So we sit up to the reality of spiritual warfare. We recognise that it's a, a real thing that happens and that we do have to engage in. And we, and because of that, we suit up. We use all the resources for spiritual warfare. But at the end of the day, uh, we stand. We stand and we can stand because we can resist because of the armour of God. And at the end of the day, the result of spiritual warfare is that we are still standing. That we are still standing. So let's pray together. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that Jesus on the cross defeated evil once and for all. We thank you for that victory that we can carry around with us. We pray especially this morning for those who find themselves in spiritual warfare, for those people that feel oppressed, whether that's oppression because of uh, where they live, because of the circumstances, because of uh, people who have power over them and, uh, and use that power in an abusive way. We pray that your kingdom might come in those situations, that there might be a release. We pray for the, the poorest in our societies and in our world who are always the victims of injustice, of evil, of oppression. We pray for those who suffer because they've been trafficked. Those who, who find themselves in almost slave-like conditions. And uh, we pray even this week we've heard about this, this house in Liverpool where they found about 20 or 30 people living who were, who were being, uh, worked, forced to, forced labour in, in, in manufacturing. And we just pray again for, for release for these people who are, who find themselves caught in, in, in terrible situations. And we pray that your kingdom might come and that your will might be done and that they may find that peace that they long for. 
We pray for ourselves in our own spiritual battles that we have. And we pray that we might come from a place not of defeat and despondency, but from a place of of assurance in Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour and ruler of this world. So be with us, we pray, in this week. Help us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.